And of course, for all my listeners in the Georgia area, you can come out to Booch Fest at the Anchor Bar in Kennesaw, Georgia. Located at 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. Again, that address is 2708 Town Center Drive, Kennesaw, Georgia, 30144. The next two shows will be Thursday, December 8th, and Thursday, December 22nd. The show will be hosted by me, and it will feature some of the funniest comics the Atlanta comedy scene has to offer. Some have been doing it for years, some who are relatively new, and some who may even be stepping on a comedy stage for the very first time. All comedy acts, no matter how long they've been performing, are welcome to be in this show. So come on down for a great night of comedy as the Booch is taking over Kennesaw. And on December 10th, Combat Pro Wrestling presents Seasons Beatings at Eastside High School, located at 1300 Brushy Creek Drive, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. Again, that address is 1300 Brushy Creek Road, Taylor, South Carolina, 29687. I, of course, will be the ring announcer for this event, and the show will be featuring special guest general manager, WWE Hall of Famer, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Also scheduled to appear are the Cowboy James Storm, the legendary Barbarian, the Greater Good, Garrett Sinclair, Forever Young, Devin Cruz, from AEW, Griff Garrison, the Russian Wolf, Neil Koloff, from Tosh.0, Dave Wills, it's still real to me, damn it, the All-American Blue Chipper, Chase Emery, Buckshot Brian Brock, NWA Tag Team Champions and NWA United States Tag Team Champions. The Heat Seekers. Born Scum, Chase Lovelace. Stan the Man Lee. From AEW Dark and Friday Night SmackDown, Marcus Cross. Outlaw Randy Wayne. From AEW Dark, The Brolic, Tyson Maddox. The Gimmick Destroyer, Dave Stage. And many, many more stars. Be sure to follow them on social media via Facebook at Combat Pro Wrestling, Twitter at Real Combat Pro, and on Instagram at Combat underscore Pro underscore Wrestling. To find out more information on superstars that will be added and when the tickets will be on sale. I am so excited to be part of this show. I look forward to ring announcing and I also look forward to seeing all of you in Taylor, South Carolina, as we do a benefit show for the Eastside High School Weightlifting Department. So come on out for a great show and let's help the students of Eastside High make some motherfucking games.
miles away. Can't see the road this travel under endless trampling feet. Saw a man shot dead before my eyes. Bastard said he was in his seat. Snake living on my tongue, whispered in my ear. What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the AEW correspondent, the one, the only, Gator Ricky Ross. There was fucking Jesus and Santa Claus on my television. <laughs> yeah, they were sitting right next to each other. Did you not see Jesus? Did you not see Jesus? Yes, I saw Jesus. Did you not see Jesus? I saw him. Jesus was up there. He said MJF was the real Judas. Yes, I caught that. I caught that. Yes, it was. Yes. I think, I think we all caught that. You know. You know. Let's be on. Let's be honest. This show could have been way worse than it was. Oh, it could have been. It could have been. And, um, so, anyway, children, strap in. Yes, yeah, strap in for one hell of a show. It's AEW Dynamite. And, of course, we kick things off. And for some reason, I can't seem to get a list of the motherfuckers that are in here. So, I'll just list a couple. Because uh, nobody cares. We have the Dynamite Diamond Battle Royal. This is what kicked off the show. We have Orange Cassidy, The Blade, Kip Sabian, Dustin Rhodes, The Butcher, Dalton Castle. 
Riddle, Brian Cage, Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, Lee Moriarty, uh, W. Morrissey, um, Sean Dean, Ethan Page, and Matt Hardy. What the actual fuck was all of this? This was the Battle Royal. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. These guys do not know how to do a Battle Royal. No, they don't. Okay, in a Battle Royal, they're supposed to be punching and kicking and throwing people the fuck out. You might have a couple spots, but that's it. You want to make the people that you're highlighting dominant, and that's it. That's all you want to do. You don't want to get too squirrely with this shit, okay? You don't want to get stupid. Side note, if you ever want to pull a good rib on a green guy, grab him in a headlock and tell him to drop down and tackle and then don't do the shit. Okay. Why? Only do this in a battle royal. They do that in battle royal sometimes? Like, is that, is that a thing that people have actually yes, done? Yes, but in the olden days, Bobby Eaton used to do that shit and you'd have a guy fucking, excuse me, pardon me, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm in the way, excuse me, pardon me. <laughs> Through the motherfuckers. <laughs> That is fucking funny. Yeah, it doesn't hurt the match at all, and it's it actually is. entertaining. But it doesn't hurt the match. It doesn't hurt anybody. It doesn't hurt anyone. Anyone's feelings. It's a good rib. Yes. And then, of course, um, Orange Cassidy was the first person out. As well, he should be. Because you, 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 yes. you get the he tr- should have been the first person out. Just like somebody should have set Kenny Omega on fire the first time he ever re- entered a wrestling ring. Well, um, for some reason, Harley Race didn't feel the need to do that. And, um, and Harley Race is a pussy for that reason. Yes. So, anyway, we've... This whole battle... I'm an old school. I am a traditional wrestling fan. I love traditional wrestling. That being said, Harley Race should be castrated for not extremely exterminating the issue that is Kenny Omega. Harley Race should have cleaned the cleaner. Yes, and the good news is uh, they weren't on the show this week, thank God. Uh, Unfortunately, they will be on the show next week for Winter's Coming. Because Jesus Jesus is real and he answered prayer. Yes, he was there and he he made sure that uh, the sinners did not show up. Um, So of course, we had to deal with a bunch of random ass eliminations. This place went fucking nowhere. And the only moments in the match that were even remotely interesting, or they tried to make remotely interesting, was the Matt Hardy, Ethan Page thing, which it bothers me because it goes back to something that I talked about two years ago. Um, as you guys know, I have a show on my YouTube channel uh, called Boot Shoots On, which I've been meaning to uh, come out with another set of videos for that, like a season two thing. It's just a lot but of. But he hasn't because he's a dick. Yes, yeah, no, because I'm busy as fuck. But I'm hoping to get back to doing those videos yes, soon. Yeah. Um. So we're kind of fixing up all those issues right Mr. now. Budgerelli doesn't like We're not, Gator. We're not getting into that shit. We already talked about that on Monday. Okay. We're done with that. And also, if your phone's not near your mouth, it should be. Um. So anyway, it is. Can you hear me? Now I can. So, um, I want to make sure the listeners can hear you as well. So, as, in the midst of all this shit, we've had Ethan Page and Matt Hardy. And the whole thing where apparently Matt Hardy now owns Ethan Page, or Ethan Page now owns Matt Hardy's contract or whatever. So he has to do his bidding. I said two years ago yes, that. Because- Yes, and because the issue we're having here is that with Matt Hardy, uh, and I said this two years ago, is he 
needed to be treated a certain way. Like, I was tired of the way WWE treated him, and I was hoping that when he came to AEW, Matt Hardy would finally get the respect he deserves as a main event player. I can honestly say after three years, that is no longer the case. That has not fucking happened. They, they, I think they treat him worse than WWE ever did, and the only way I could even be remotely invested in this is if this whole fucking thing leads to a broken Matt Hardy return, which I think it will because of all the delete, delete, delete thing that's happening here. Because honestly, I don't know where the fuck else you can go with this. I mean, it's blatantly obvious that even if his drunken loser brother decides to get back in the ring, it's not going to be anytime soon. I doubt that AEW is going to want to bring him back because it doesn't seem like anyone really fucking misses him. And the fact that Matt Hardy gets treated like this in a wrestling company is fucking embarrassing. So uh, the only way I can get invested in this is if it leads to a broken Matt Hardy return and he finally just says fuck all this and becomes the star he's meant to be. But if this just leads to Matt Hardy continuing to just be treated like a little bitch until his contract expires, then fuck this and fuck the company. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, Mr. Bridger, did you say broken? Yes. Brother Anthony! Uh, how did I not expect this? You said broken. Brother Anthony! Yes, that is that is my. I have returned seven deities. Yes, the deities. Yes, so uh, yes, nice to see you back. Yes, I'm just ribbing. I'm just ribbing. Anyway. All right, all right. Well, anyway, so we do all this. Then the rest of everything. Ricky Starks eliminates Matt Hardy. He eliminates Ethan Page. Ricky Starks now wins this match, which means not only does he get a shot at the AEW World Title, he also gets a shot at the Dynamite Diamond Ring. And then a great, great finish. Um, that actually looked like Ethan Page could have won. Yeah. So yeah, it was a it was a great finish. I to... mean, it was it was actually a decent finish. And the only way you're gonna do this right is if you have athletic guys. Yes, that is true. And with this, we have um. So then, after all this happens, before they can even announce his name, AEW World Champion MJF comes to the ring. Before he addresses Starks, MJF says Brian Danielson is terrified of him. He says when he faces Starks, he'll be a four-time Dynamite Diamond Ring holder, and he'll still be the champion. Four-time. 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 MJF notes that... Four-time. MJF notes that Starks is talented, but compared to him, he's the absolute drizzling shits. MJF calls Starks a can't... Um, Mr. Boudreaux and I marked out at that. Yeah. Yes. Terms from the inside. Uh, MJF calls Starks a candy ass and says Starks stole everything from The Rock. He calls him a dollar store Dwayne, so he'll call him the pebble. He says he's going to put the pebble in his pocket and he's going to skip him all the way back to the NWA. MJF says the generational talent and his reign of terror has just begun. Stars calls MJF a wannabe Roddy Piper, jokes about his spray tan, he pokes fun at MJF's clothes and says everything about him screams cheap. Starks notes that when people got behind him, he gave them a reason to believe, whereas MJF let them down. Stark says he busts his ass, but MJF avoids pressure. He says he lives with dignity and respect and he puts in the work. He vows to shut MJF up next week and he's going to do him a favor by taking the responsibility from him. MJF hits him below the belt. MJF goes to attack him and Starks drops the champion with a spear. MJF did great in this segment. But you know who really shined? Who? Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks did exactly what I spoke of last week. He fucking fired up. That's what I want from a babyface. Fire up. Give me some emotion. Did you see him go off like one of those old black dudes on your mama? 
Dude, he was fucking delivering and it was, everything felt real. It felt on point. I was getting behind everything. You know, he he threw in the insults and everything he was, else. He was giving it to us. He was giving it to us. It, yeah. I never need a name to make it right here and I don't need a name to beat your little ass. Like, it was beautiful. Exactly. Ricky Starks did exactly what he needed to do, and he was right there with MJF. And here's and, and Gator, I think we can agree on this. It's a small list of people that can verbally go toe-to-toe with MJF. There ain't a lot in AEW. He did great. I mean, he actually was able to keep up with him. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He called he said he said you're a wannabe of the rock, which I love. MJ I love that from MJF because that's something we've all been saying. A lot of people comparing Ricky Starks to like an early day version of the rock. And so the pebble the thing was pebble, kind of the pebble. The pebble was funny because that was actually a joke that people would tell. Like when they first announced, for example, that the Rock's daughter, who is who who is wrestling as Ava Rain, and we all know she's part of the schism in NXT. Um, but back when she was training the Performance Center, and they found out that, and we first found out she was the daughter of the Rock, which they don't mention on NXT, which I kind of like right now. Let's save that for a special occasion to bring that up. But she, everybody was jokingly like. Is she going to call herself the Pebble since she's the daughter of the Rock? So thankfully she didn't do that. That WWE hasn't tried to make her like the Rock. They've given her her own identity, which is great. And so I thought that was funny. And then he said, like, you know, on YouTube where you belong. There was although with Ricky Starks, the only thing I felt was missing was because MJF made the YouTube comment. He could say something like, you know, next week I'm going to beat your ass because I'm the Revolution and the Revolution is televised. I thought something like that could have worked. Like, mm-hmm. to like play off the YouTube comment. Like, it's like, no, I'm on TV because my revolution is televised and I'm going to kick your ass. I thought something like that would have been, you know, not th- not that what Ricky Starks did wasn't perfect. I just felt like that little, might have been a little, little extra zing to add in there to combat the YouTube comment because that's what his theme song says, you know, the revolution is televised, you know? So I felt like that would have been something cool to throw in there because this is happening next week on TV. And, but either way, this this was like the highlight of the whole show for me was this right here because I didn't expect it. It was very well done. And MJF responded the only mm-hmm. way he could, kick him in the nuts because there's nothing verbally MJF can say after that. There really isn't. It would have killed the whole okay. thing if he started. Side note, side note, Ricky did not sell the nut shot long ago. I'll give you that. He didn't. I mean, you just talked about a man being stabbed in the nuts on Monday and now on Wednesday, a man gets kicked in the nuts. You know, like I do, if you get kicked in the penis, it takes a minute to gather your bearings. Yes, I agree. But I also believe that getting stabbed is way worse than getting kicked. I think we can agree on that. I'd rather be kicked in the nuts than uh, stabbed. But, well, being stabbed should have ended the whole entire world. Thank you, as I said. But I'm saying, you know, I, I, I even you know, though even though you even though you shot the pond, even though you shot the pond, Dennis Condry. Not on the show. That was something we did off the air, and I didn't shit upon oh. him. You know, if I wanted to shit upon somebody i can i can take them i can take a mondo shit upon somebody if i really wanted to i was you shit tame. upon dennis condry i was tame with dennis condry i just said i prefer the bobby eaton stan lane version of the midnight express that's the best one i didn't care for dennis condry i didn't say he sucked i didn't say he was garbage i didn't say that he shat upon the business i just said i wasn't a fan you can no a- the best version of the midnight express is FDR. <laughs>
Well, we'll get to them a little later, but yeah, I think I think that's because they were they were they were like pressed for time is why I don't think he sold the nut shot. I think if it was a match, he probably would have sold it better. But they had to get they had to have that moment to get to the next segment because you know I I think that's why they kind of rushed the nut shot a little bit. But either way, I don't think I don't think that took away from the overall segment. And um, then we have a video package hyping up Darby Allen's upcoming match with Samoa Joe. Okay, let's be honest. Darby Allen is the biggest joke in this entire fucking company. Agreed or disagree? Agreed. He is attempting to be the sting, the undertaker of this company. And he is five foot nothing and honestly unsafe. And let's, okay, let's just be honest. The kid's unsafe. He doesn't know what he's doing half the damn time. And 90% of the time, he just throws caution to the wind for no reason. It's the Mick Foley bump. It's the shit that you're just like, why the fuck do you want to do any of that shit? Like, originally when I saw Darby Allen, I was like, okay, this gimmick is good. It's a good idea. And then I found out he was fucking whacked. <laughs> so I want to be behind Darby Allen, but he doesn't give me a reason to. That is true. He is. He's not. He's. He's the only people that are into him are the people that are into all the the reckless shit he does and yes, think that it's great wrestling. Children. Yeah, that's pretty much it. But and and I try to get into his character, but just half the time I I don't know what that. It's like, dude, you you just sound more and more depressed. Like at this point, get a fucking therapist. He sounds like he sounds like every kid that listens to My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Every kid that listens to Green Day. Every kid that listens to Bowling for Soup. <laughs> They're the girl that the bad guy wants. That kind of shit. Yeah. Ironically, Desmond likes Bowling for Soup. I mean, I like them too. They're not that bad. Exactly. That explains a lot. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Well, the only well the only songs he liked. There's only three songs. The three songs I know he likes. One because they actually did a song about Alexa Bliss. Yes, uh, which is a phenomenal song. I I can't say anything. I like some of Bowling for for Soup shit. But yeah. Anyway. Side note: That's what Mr. Bujarelli is gonna play before we start the show. I was gonna play your theme song, but okay. I have a theme song. Yeah. Oh, my new theme song. I started using on the Indies. Yes, that's what I use now for AEW. Oh. Well, fuck it. Use that. All right. So anyway, back, anyway, so backstage, we got John Moxley, who says he's starting to like Hangman Page because he dusts himself off and got back in the saddle. He says there's too much talking around here, but it's all elite wrestling, not all elite talking. Moxley says he's over the Jericho Appreciation Society and the Blackpool Combat Club wants to put them in the past. He says Page knows where to find it. Okay. If he's challenging Page, is he challenging Page or is he just talking to talk? right now. Hey, John Moxley is a pro, is a decent promo. But the problem here is, you cannot baffle me with bullshit. Me neither. Meaning, if you don't give me any sustenance, how am I supposed to gain the nutrients I need in order to be a healthy gator? <laughs> I don't know why I went to food on that one, but whatever. I don't know. Maybe you're hungry and it's late. But anyway... <laughs> It is late, and I am hungry, and I'm tired. Yeah. Yeah, you have to forgive us. We're old, we're tired, we're beat up, and we work with fucking children. So... We, work with, we do. If you have Matt Zachary Scott. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, we, yeah, I'm going to get messages. Um, we're so, going to get letters anyway. No, we're not going to get letters. We're just going to get phone calls. It's, it's worse than letters. We're going to get messages and phone calls on Friday afternoon. It'll be fun. Yeah, he's, he's gonna be going. Really, guys? What the fuck? You guys have to make fun of me on your show. Bite my Irish ass like that. I know you know what he's gonna say. Yeah, it's gonna be that. It's gonna be the same normal bullshit. It will be. It will be okay. Zach will have a beer later. He'll be. Fine. Yeah, and then he'll find and he'll try to find some 
creative way to make us angry. Yes, I'm a little bit hot. Anyway. <laughs> yes. So anyway, um, here's the thing. And this is why I think what Gator means by baffling with bullshit. And this is an issue that I'm having right now is a- the same shit that Claudio did last week. This is I'm tired of I'm tired of talking. Let's just fight. Yeah, I hate when Claudio says that because I know he's using that as an excuse to not work on his promos and that shit. At least with Moxley, he could talk. So I somewhat understand that. But I know Claudio because he did this shit in WWE, and that's why it makes it angry. He doesn't want to put in the verbal work that is required to be a main eventer and draw money. He just wants to be in the ring, do the wrestling, and think, oh, that's enough to make me a world champion. It's like, congratulations. You fulfilled the basic term of your job. You're doing the bare minimum and want the top prize. Don't work that way in wrestling or any other job. Or about sex. Look, we talked enough about Zach. We're not getting into that right now. So the thing that bothers me is it's like trying to cram everything into one segment, like trying to put too much shit in that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's like having three final exams in one day and you're you're trying to cram everything together and study at the last minute. That's basically what the booking committee is doing in AEW because it's like, oh, we want to finish this thing with the Jericho Appreciation Society, but we also want Moxley brawling with Adam Page. There's also the matter of William Regal being taken out with brass knucks and you're trying to cram all this shit into one segment and no one knows what the fuck they're supposed to do. And and we're going to get into more of that later on in the show. That further demonstrates my point of they're all disorganized. It's not just disorganization. It's week by week booking. We're trying to book. We're flying by the seat of our ass. Yes. That's pretty much it. And if a lot of you think that's great booking, I got two words for you. Vince Russo. That's how he used to book. By the way. But he's such a great booker. That's the thing that's the thing that makes me laugh. The same motherfuckers who shit on Vince Russo are the same people that are clearly demonstrating that with booking in their hands, they would do the exact same shit he would. But Mr. he's such a great booker. He's the best booker there ever was. Vince Russo is the most beautiful booker there ever was. He is a wonderful man. He is a great man. He has categorized the word bro in all the professional wrestling. You know what I'm saying, bro? It's wonderful. Jim Cornette is still alive because of Vince Russo. Thank you, God. So we're going to consider that you fulfilling your obligation? I have fulfilled my obligation. Well, I still need a blading video. You ain't getting out of that. On that note, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening for the TNT Championship. Samoa Joe defends the title against Emo Knievel. Darby Allen. This is a fucking glorified squash match. <laughs> that's all this is. I mean, really, let's just be honest. Let's okay. Let's give credit where credit's due. Darby Allen knows how to take knows how to take punishment, and I'm glad because Samoa Joe got over, and that was the end of it. That's all it was. The only thing that I that I uh, really wanted to see that I didn't see was the nope spot on the coffin drop. Yeah, the nope spot where he goes nope and walks away. I wanted to see that on the coffin drop, and I wanted to see Darby Allen break fucking neck. That was it. But I didn't get nothing. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't want the broken neck, but that spot would have been nice. Um, no, I wanted I wanted the broken neck because here's the thing with Darby Allen. Darby Allen has no fucking psychology. No. Darby Allen is a spot monkey from hell. Honestly, this kid this kid had potential. The gimmick is good, but he there's nothing. There's no sustenance. Is he a baby face? Is he a heel? Is he a tweener? Is he is he what is he? What is this motherfucker? Is he supposed to be standing up for good and straight edge and 
fucking drunk drivers and shit because his uncle fucking almost killed him when he was a kid. Yeah, I mean that's the I'm only thing. That's the only explanation on his. In the crowd. His uncle almost killed him. Well, that's the thing is that that's the only thing about his personality we know is that that's the reason he paints half his face. Yeah, it's because about... he thinks he's part alive and part dead. <laughs> yeah, it was because of his uncle. That's why yeah, he paints. So... At least there's a story there. But other than that, this is basically him realizing he has no physique of any kind. He has the physique of a fucking stem cell. He has no, he has very little to no personality. He's basically an emo kid without the without the razor blades. That's basically his fucking gimmick. No, no, no. There's there's razor blades. Yeah, but he but luck but he uses them on his forehead, not his wrists. And oh, he might be using them on his wrists. I don't know. You know his ex-wife, though. That. No, if he was using them on his wrist, we would see marks, and they would have to be. And for him to still be we alive, we haven't seen him in forever. You know his ex-wife. What? Kind, how big is his penis? I don't fucking know. I didn't ask her. You should. Why? I don't want to know the size of his dick. Who doesn't? Uh, straight dudes who don't watch wrestling don't want to know the size of his dick. I don't give a fuck. Why would I want to know the size of his dick? Because Mr. Boudreaux, sometimes you need to know how much wood they're packing. Well, at the rate he's going, it doesn't really fucking matter. So I'm just saying. Because that may be a reason you want to cut your wrists. It maybe it would explain a lot. I don't know, but my point is this: it would explain why he wants to be a fucking spot monkey. <laughs> but my point is, he's doing all this because he basically has to do that. He's basically trying to do all this shit because he can't get over any other way. Exactly. He he, he reminds. So here's the thing with Darby Allen. He reminds me a lot of Mick Foley. That's who a lot of people tend to compare him to. Yes, because he he will not get over any other way than just by fucking mutilating himself. Exactly, and, that, and he because he can't because like I said. He, the ways you get over in wrestling, he can't do. He doesn't have a body. Nope. His personality sucks. Uh, check off that one. His promos, you don't know what the fuck he's talking about. No, and... he's he almost sounds like he's drowning on and on. Yeah, there's nothing there. Because everybody wants to be mysterious. Not everybody can pull that shit off, first of all. And second of all, if everybody's doing the same mysterious gimmick, then no one knows what the fuck they're watching. Yes, House of Black. We'll get to those jack-offs later. My point is this Darby Allen is the is I'll say this most overrated guy on the roster no, second most overrated guy on the roster second number one we gonna get to him later I'll point him out when we talk to him but that's number two as far as overrated because okay okay he, okay okay I understand you're mad at Orange Cassidy but you don't need to call him overrated why not he is he is I agree that's but what I'm still. saying but I'm saying I'm saying Darby Allen's number two number one we'll get to in a minute yeah but this is the thing you call this the thing is this wasn't a squash match and it should have been. It was a squash match. Time out. It was a squash match. How long did it go? That's not about the time. Darby Allen got his ass kicked. Point blank into this question. Well, yeah, you get a squat. Yeah, you get your ass kicked, but a squash match is supposed to be quick. Not necessarily. The kid did the job. He didn't get much offense as a squash. Okay, well, it was. Well, it's. it's... You can have a twelve-minute squash match. What? Yeah, you can have a twelve-minute squash match. Why would you want that? I've seen it. Why would anyone? Why would anyone want that? Why would anyone pay to really see? Want, do you really want to know why? Why? Why would you to do get that? a baby? To get a baby face over as being resilient and having 
having the testicular fortitude to take punishment from my heel. All right. Well, do you, I mean, I mean, you asked. I told you. Yeah, I'm just saying this. This this was a waste of fucking time. But then we got Darby <laughs> Allen gets up, confronts Joe. Joe drops him with a headbutt, hits him with a muscle buster on a skateboard, chokes Allen again. But with Wardlow makes a save. And that's another thing. Can we please stop with everyone passing out and chokeholds already? Ah, uh, yeah, that's a little. It is overplayed. It is overdone. You have taken something that can get someone over and as Gator said earlier you prostituted it to death prostitution it's done it's dead it doesn't get anyone over anymore because you've 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 milked there's no milk left in the teat you've milked it it is bone dry you are now causing the cow unbearable pain yeah. Stop you it. Have bit the, you have bit the booby. You have taken something that is meant to get people over in high-profile matches, and you have foolishly squandered it. Foolishly! Sorry. Because I'm, none of... Because, uh, uh, because everyone's afraid to look weak in a match. You ain't... But you think because you t- you laid down one, two, three, you put someone over. See, that's, that's the thing. A lot of people think just because... <laughs> Just because you take a pin, you put somebody over. No, that's not, no, that is not the case here. That is definitely not the case here. And on that note, we come to the backstage area with the number one most overrated guy, Tony's Little Dog Pockets. He says nope. that if Kip, <laughs> he says if Kip Sabian wants a shot at the all Atlanta Championship, all he has to do is ask. Sabian doesn't take him up on it, so Cassie tells him to find someone who will face him. Wrestling. Yeah. Again, once again, Orange Cassidy just not giving a fuck, and everyone's saying it's cool, and blow me if you think that. See, but here's the, here's the thing. If you think that's cool, you deserve to have your dick stuck advice yes because clearly you will have no use for it um anyway you will have no use for it because you've never probably had sex with a woman but yes thank you thank you for over explaining my joke but anyway it wasn't over it was under anyway (laughs) yes so anyway um we see through all this i don't give a shit because he shouldn't have this belt in the first place all right anyway next we have chris jericho discussing his match with claudio castanoli and says he's going to beat him at ring of honor final battle and that he will take him under his wing in the Jericho Appreciation Society. Okay. Who is absolutely done with this entire feud? Me. <laughs> they have they have done everything here. I mean, you almost have to have Claudio win because here's the thing, if if he goes into the JAS are you really going to benefit from that? I don't know. I, I just don't see it. I don't see it being I don't see it being beneficial. I don't see it being a good thing. I I I see it I see it like panties, okay? They may protect you from certain things on the outside, but really they keep you from getting to the good part. Yes. They're the last line of defense. Yes. This is just here's the thing. There's no there's no sustenance in this shit no more. I mean, hell, the only good match on this entire fucking final battle pay-per-view just got announced like at the end of this fucking show. Exactly. And obviously we're not going to spoil that yet, but so far here's what is scheduled. We got uh, obviously Jericho and Claudio Castagnoli for the Ring of Honor world title. We got Daniel Garcia and Wheeler Useless for the pure title. If Claudio loses, Claudio must be in the JAS. We already established that. Uh, Mercedes Martinez will take on Athena for the Women's World Championship. That being said, I'm going to ask this question. Why is Mercedes not on TV more? Um, because nobody cares. Anyway. No, seriously. This is a badass bitch who knows how to work. 
Oh, that's right. She's a badass bitch who knows how to work. I already answered my own question. Um, hey, well, that should have told you that. I mean, they put Jade Cargo on TV, so why yeah. why would they put her on, you know? Also, Samoa Joe versus Juice Robinson. Okay. Who the fuck is he? Okay, okay, okay. Um, Juice Robinson. Okay, let me ask. Here's, here's my issue right here, because I'm going to get to this real quick before I I, I, I noticed I kind of skipped over this, and I shouldn't have. Um, after all this shit happens, Wardlow runs out. Wardlow runs out. Samoa Joe rolled out, went to the back. Um, Wardlow came the title out of the ring. That kind of irked me a little bit, because I don't think you should ever do that. But I let it go. And because I have other things, I got other things to be pissed about besides that. Um, so you got Wardlow and Joe pretty much feuding right now. Joe turning on Wardlow, taking his title. You got a pay-per-view coming up. No one, no one. You're gonna tell me not one person in the writer's room, in the booking committee, or whatever the whoever the fuck is sitting with TK trying to help him book this. I got a pretty good idea on who else is in there that probably explains why this didn't happen, but no one thought, hey, let's do Samoa Joe and Wardlow for the Ring of Honor TV title. That thought crossed nobody's mind? Nobody. No one thought to do that. Juice Robinson. Who gives a fuck about Juice Robinson besides the Marks that maybe watched this? Thank you. No one gives a fuck. Who gives a single fuck? Here's the question. Explain it to me. Who the fuck is he? I, all I know is, I, I, I remember him a little bit right now, but this is all I remember. All I remember about him is that for a brief period of time in NXT, he went by the name CJ Parker. He was basically a jobber in NXT. That tells you the value he has in the wrestling business. He was I, a jobber. I Googled, it. I Googled him briefly. He was in a tag team with Finley's kid. I think so. And that's it. And... Fin, ju- fin juice, which which remotely sounds like fish semen. Yeah. Um. Basically, they were they were tag champions in New Japan. Okay. Who see? But who gives a fuck about New Japan? Who? Okay. I'm sorry. Time out. Let me say that. Let me let me reiterate that. Who in their right mind gives a fuck about New Japan? Uh, pa- en- enough to where <laughs> they try to do a forbidden door bullshit. Uh, in- I said in their right mind. Yeah. Nobody in their right mind. Then you got. They Thank were, you. Oh, they were also. Oh, I forgot. They were also tag team champions in Impact Wrestling. Him and who fucking cares? Like I had to Google this motherfucker. I did too. Nobody. Here's the thing: if you want people to order the Ring of Honor pay per view, your only your only marquee match that a casual fan would be like, oh, I might want to see that is Claudio and Jericho. Yeah. Your hardcore fan is watching for the match that we're gonna reveal later. But I will mention the other two because they're not they're not giveaways. Um, yeah. So yeah, but you, yeah, so I'm thinking Wardlow and him for the Ring of Honor title would have been better. Oh, then you got Swerve and Our Glory. I'm sorry, I thought they broke up. Guess they didn't. And they're taking on Shane Taylor and JD Griffey, who are Shane Taylor Promotions. Uh, again, who if you didn't watch ROH, you wouldn't know who the fuck they are. So uh, yeah, their promotional <laughs> company sucks for being a, for being a promotions company. You don't do a lot of promoting because I don't know the fuck well, you are. Well, that and they haven't put them on TV. This is the first I've heard about them. So who the fuck are they? All right. So we got... Even though I do know who Shane, Shane is, but anyway. Then they have a six-man, a, a, a match for the Ring of Honor six-man champ. Basically, their version of the trio's titles. And it's Dalton Castle and the boys against the Embassy, which is basically Brian Cage and the Gates of Agony. 
Okay, we saw a brief, we saw a brief skirmish in the opening contest, and that was all we got. Yeah, and then that's there's it. The, and then that's there's... it. So you're not really selling this pay per view much. You're not. And like I said, there's only one more match left, but we will reveal that at the end of the show. And if that's not the goddamn main event, I'm gonna be mad as a motherfucker. Well, you know Jericho and Claudio are gonna main event this. Don't kid and yourself. That's bullshit. Don't kid yourself. Because we we all know what the true main event of this show is. Yeah. But anyway, on that note, we're gonna move on to the next match of the evening. This is our we got some tag team action. We have the Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio Castanoli and Wheeler Useless with John Moxley versus the Jericho Appreciation Society, Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager with Sammy Guevara. This was so bad. There was no emotion. There was there was no psychology. Um, the only thing I really was like I popped for was that giant swing, just because I know the amount of physicality physicality that that takes, and it's always intrigued me that he does that. Nobody else does it. Yeah, the swing intrigued me too, but for a different reason. If, okay. If you watch closely, when J- when 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 Claudio's spinning Jake, Gator, I'm asking you a question. Mm-hmm. Where was Jake's hands while he was being I, spun I'll around? Be, I'll be honest with you. I got up to go pee. Okay. If you watch Jake getting spun, his arms are stretched out as he's going, whoa, being spun around. His arms are stretched out and his chin is tucked because he knows eventually Claudio's going to drop him. My biggest pet peeve with the swing from Claudio. This goes all the way back to when he was fucking Cesaro and this all, this happened a lot and it pissed me off. Is Claudio or Cesaro, whatever the fuck his name was, he would spin and, and it didn't matter who it was. He would spin these motherfuckers and almost everyone did the same damn thing. They would put their hands on their head. Mm-hmm. And now some people might be thinking, well, Vinny, they're just protecting their heads. Maybe they are, but here's the problem. If someone's spinning you and you got your hands on your head, you know what it looks like to the viewer? It looks like you're enjoying this shit. Yes, unlike when you're flopping your hands, like doing the bird and shit. I don't know why I went to Coco Beware, but anyway, shout out to Frankie. Yeah, or even when, when you're head- doing the fucking bird and shit and you're trying to, or you've got your hands down by your side and you're trying to flail and kick like you want it to look you want it to look like you are not enjoying this yeah you're just sitting there going oh look i'm it's like oh it looks like you're relaxing in a fucking hammock I hate that shit. It's that, and it's when guys, and this is a big pet peeve of mine. Have you ever noticed when guys get into the into the corner, and instead of and somebody's laying punches in, instead of trying to cover up and block themselves, they put their fucking hands on the top rope. I have seen that a few times. Now that you brought it up, I I hate I hate that. That's a pet peeve of mine because in a real fight, you would be trying to block yourself from getting hit. Yeah. Now that I think about it, I've seen that a lot, and I never really just noticed a, it. Just a side note. Yeah. I, I, I Honestly, I did not even notice that until just now when you said it. But now I think yeah. about it, that happens. That is a pet peeve of mine that I that I grill my students on all the time. Yeah. So, But overall, at the exception of Fuck that. Fuck that shit. Yeah. But I did enjoy a good portion of the match because, you know, contrary to what people might think, Jake Hager's a great worker. Him and Claudio have great chemistry. Daniel Garcia is a great worker. I like, I like, I like what he brings to the table. And then there's 
Wheeler useless. He's the only one I'm not a fan of in this match. Because <laughs> as the nickname shows, he's useless. There's no, he serves no purpose. None. His yes, he only... does. yes, he does. What's yes, that? he does. To take the pin, which he should have done here. Exactly. He, instead, he, he pins Hager with an uppercut, which I thought was half-assed. I would have preferred a neutralizer if you were going to do, if you were going to pin Jake Hager, Castanoli should have hit his finish, not some random-ass uppercut. Exactly. That was that was a dumb finish. Well. And then after the match, and here we go, Tony Schiavone enters the ring, and he actually gets to talk for once and plays footage of an interview with William Regal, which was recorded after full gear. He says he gave MJF what he wanted, but he warned him to be careful what he wished for. He said the Blackpool Combat Club didn't need him anymore, but they wouldn't let him go. He says the main three members can still teach Yuta and help him become a great wrestler. Regal says he's Blackpool Combat Club until the day he dies and says, fellas, it's been emotional. Moxley says he, Yuta, and Casanoli love wrestling and he's holding an open challenge on AEW Rampage. There is no motherfucking continuity in this story, is there? Not at all. Not at all. First off, this shows that William Regal was a shit promo. Correct me when I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm letting you talk, then I'll speak. There was no continuity. There was no psychology. This was, hey guys, we recorded this about five minutes ago, but uh, we're going to tell you we recorded it way beforehand because he's a villain and a gentleman. This was so stupid. There was no fucking continuity here. There was nothing. There was nothing here that made the story go forward. There was nothing that made the story go backwards. It's just made everything go, what the fuck? All right. I agree somewhat with what you just said. If you notice at the start of the promo, And this is where I give Regal the credit on this. He said... If you're watching this video, something happened to me. So that's why you can say like, you know, hey, I've had this video. We're just now showing it. It's like in movies or TV when someone puts in a video and it says, okay, if you're watching this video, it means I'm no longer alive. It means I'm dead. Something happened. And then they're giving information that they would have given if they were still alive. Because prologue. Exactly. So that's what Regal did here. So he said, hey, if you're, he basically recorded that in case something happens to him. I still, I still didn't like it. Okay, you don't have to like it. That's fine. But because I'm just there saying. There's no continuity. If you look up what Regal was wearing during full gear and what he was wearing after fuel gear in the pictures, because he was at the goddamn crum, it makes no sense. Okay, in that okay, if, if it's if you're talking about wardrobe, I get that completely. That's what I'm talking about. That makes if sense. If you made me go put the same shirt I wore on to do FMW, yes, I did do that. Six days after you and I had already tried to do FMW, then the motherfuckers could at least try to have some sort of continuity. You're ruining it for the children. I don't give a fuck. Fuck the children, Gator. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. At least do a reach around. <laughs> Here we go again. So, but I'm saying, um, anyway, but, but I get the point there. But I'm so I'm saying, if it's wardrobe, I get that completely. That should have been done. Uh, I'm uh, going to get my priest outfit. <laughs> all right, Gator, you can stop now. So, yes, yes, I am stopping because the nudity is wonderful. Okay, this is getting creepy now. So, what I'm trying <laughs> to say here is, come here, children. Gator, stop. <laughs> Thank you. So, we get to this point right here where the the video didn't bother me that much. I saw it as, okay, they're trying to get Regal off TV because he's pretty much leaving AEW. He's going to WWE. And apparently, from what I've read on uh, online, the term is he is allowed to go back 
to WWE as a coach, but he is not allowed to be on WWE television until I don't know. I, I don't until his non compete expires, or I, I don't know how long it's going to be. But they basically no. said is what I heard. Huh? Till 2024 is what I heard. Yeah. So basically for the next year, starting in 2023, William Regal cannot appear on television. He can work backstage. He can be a coach in the Performance Center. So he can go back to WWE. But for one calendar year, he cannot appear on WWE television. Not on Raw, not on SmackDown, not on NXT, none of the premium live events, nothing. He cannot appear on WWE television. So that's the terms that Tony agreed to for William Regal to go back to WWE. Um, So he leaves now. Where I find the confusion is Moxley. He was all over the place with this fucking thing. All over the place. He tries to ignore everything that Regal just said, despite the fact that Moxley wanted to rip his head off two weeks ago. Um, Then he just says, we love professional wrestling. These guys are going to make a statement. I'm going to make a statement. On Rampage, I'm going to make a statement. And then they're going to make a statement. It's like, what, what statement, motherfucker? You have no match on this final battle card. And you're up here speaking fucking gibberish about the Jericho appreciation society. Here's a bright idea. Instead of issuing an open challenge, which he's like, we want this to end with the Jericho Appreciation Society. Then what the fuck does your open challenge have to do with any of this? The answer is fucking nothing. Unless a member of the Jericho Appreciation Society gets his ass kicked. Uh, Yeah, at this point, let's see. Well, it's not going to be Daniel Garcia because he's facing Wheeler Useless. It's not going to be Chris Jericho because he's facing fucking Claudio. So so that leaves you with Jake Hager, Hager, Sammy Guevara, and one of the jackasses from 2.0. So yes, Uhan Luke and or my buddy Daddy Magic, Danny Magic, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, the guy whose nipples are always hard. So this is true. So what I'm saying is, pick one of those four guys and call Beat the them fuck out. out of them. Hell, Sam, you just you just knocked Sammy G off the apron in this match and decked him. Call him out. Rampage. Well, John Moxley versus Sammy Guevara. Here's my, here's my thing. If you were going to do this, then you should have said, I'm, issu- I'm issuing an open challenge to anyone in the JAS. Yes. That would have worked. And have, you know, at, who's not, it's like an open challenge to anyone in the JAS that's not in final battle. So whether it's Sammy G, Jake Hager, Cool Hand Luke, Daddy Magic, whoever the fuck, one of those four comes out to the ring. I propose Sammy G. I don't like him, but it would make sense right now. That would be the, that would be the one to do it. That would be the one to do it and have that match on Rampage. And then have, you put Moxley the fuck over. Yeah. You Moxley goes over in this because he's going to have unless more shit you, to do. Unless you have some fuckery with Hangman, Hangman Page. Yes, unless Hangman Adam Page decides to get involved, then that can end it. But because obviously after this is over, that way Moxley gives a victory over Sammy G, ends it right there. Then you got the other two matches right here. Whether Wheeler Useless takes the Pure Championship, Claudio wins back the World Title, that, and then the JAS does whatever the fuck. They either stay together, they break up, whatever the fuck they do. Then you guys move on to whatever you're going to move on to next. Moxley obviously going to Hangman and Claudio and Useless do whatever the fuck they're going to do. Yeah, speaking of moving on to things that don't matter, we move on to a promo from Malachi Black, who says, AEW has become corrupted by people who point the fingers at others. I can't imagine who he's talking about. Uh, Must be an elite thing to say. Malachi says AEW is sick and it is dying. Oh, he couldn't be more right about that. So it's time for the House of Black to put it down. I hope you do. 
Julia Hart says the crime is treason. Buddy Matthew says the verdict is war, whatever the fuck that means. And Brody King declares that sentence is extermination. I don't get this. I feel like all this did was set up for next week. Um, supposedly, they're going to be in action. That's all we know. And they're going to face either the Dork Order or the Nightmare Factory. It's probably going to be the Dork Order. Okay. And now, here's the thing. First of all. Even though, even though Ten just shit on the world. And I love him for it. Um, yes. Thank God. Yes. So now, we got to deal with this shit. Uh, here's the thing. I've said this before and I'll say it again because I feel like I need to say it to clarify to any uh, snowflakes out there that try to shove this down my throat. I am glad that Matt. Malachi Black has dealt with his mental health issues. I even said before, I'm glad he's taking time off. I hope he gets better. I wish no ill will on him personally because he hasn't done anything to make me hate him as a person. So I'm glad he got himself mentally right because mental health is something to take seriously. That being said, from a pro wrestling standpoint, I have never been sold on the House of Black and they still haven't sold me. The gimmick the gimmick just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Me, but... It's stupid. It's all stupid and and also, any dumbass knows a verdict is guilty or not guilty. Mm-hmm. War is not a verdict. Mm-hmm. See, this would have been better if they said the crime is treason. Buddy, what's the charge? Guilty. King, what's the sentence? Extermination. That would have made a better promo. You are guilty. I've never been in a court of law. And they said, do you find the defendant guilty, not guilty, or war? Never heard a judge say that. Ever. I have been that, to municipal that, court that's before. That's have done it, but anyway. Been in municipal court, never fucking heard it. Seen court TV, never fucking seen it happen. I filled out thing where it said, the only options I got were guilty, not guilty, or no contest. War was never an option to check on a box. Unless you're in the Ukraine. And we're not. So, this was fucking stupid. I know y'all want to be dark and mysterious, but use your heads. Yes, yes. Just because Julia Hart is sucking off The Undertaker. Correct me where I'm wrong. How's she sucking off The Undertaker? She stole his gimmick. <laughs> I thought Double Kinda J. Kind of like Ricky Starks, you motherfucker. Hey, I, I thought Double J did. I thought Double J was the one doing that. Who gives a fuck? Ricky Starks stole my shit. What do you mean he stole your shit? Maxi Pat. Oh, yeah. I blame I blame you because I told you in confidence. I didn't tell nobody. You told Ricky Starks. I don't know Ricky Starks. I, how do I know you don't know Ricky Starks? Uh, I'm pretty sure if I met Ricky Starks, I'd have had a picture with him, and it would be on my Instagram, sir. No, because I know people that I don't have pictures with. Well, yeah, well, that's because you, you're, you've you met everybody. Yes, and I keep it kayfabe, bitch. Obviously, if I was in a feud with somebody and I took a picture with them, I wouldn't put it on fucking Instagram. These are guys I'm not feuding with. Anyway. Anyway, we cut to a sit-down interview. Oh, fuck my life. We With the AEW Women's World Champion, Jamie Hayter, who says the she women's division. She's going to be a fighting champion. Yes, and, and the women's division is getting interesting. you need to know from this. Yeah, she's, the women's division is getting interesting. She says the winner of Hikaru Shida's match with the Bunny will face her for the title. <sighs> Blah, 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 blah. Nothing gets, nothing has been done to push anything forward. Women's wrestling sucks. They need to be in the kitchen. Moving on. Here's the thing. This is what bothers me. What really irks me about this segment. Besides the fact that they should be in the kitchen. Gator, stop doing that. I'm just, I'm just being honest. We both know this sucked. It sucked, but it does, but th- you don't have to take it to that extreme. Then you should be in the culinary center. Whatever. Uh, you know, I'm not getting into that right now. My point is this. 
my issue with this segment was that we've had segments interrupted where everybody's like, why does a Jamie Hayter get a sit-down interview? I want a sit-down interview. Everybody else is getting interviewed. No one wants to interview me because you're not fucking interesting. You think because you have a belt around your waist, you're special. You don't draw money. No one gives a fuck who you are. And we thought you were going to turn on Britt Baker, which is the only thing that made you interesting. But no, you bitches of a feather are still flocking together. Therefore, no one gives a shit about you. But she insists yes, yes. on... Bitches of a feather flock together. We're talking to you, Jay Cargill. So we're not even at her yet. So... I'm trying to fuck on everybody. Yeah, so we're getting with all this stuff. And she finally goes, I want an interview. I want an interview. Interviews and Tony's like, fine. Next week, if you want, I'll give you an interview. So they promote that tonight on Dynamite, Jamie Hader's gonna get her sit-down interview, and you give us this crap again. As Gator stated, she said nothing of interest, nothing. Yep. See, yep. that's like me, and I know this because I'm, I'm, I'm and I know I'll be like, Vinny, you're gonna make this about you. Yeah, I'm gonna make this about you. So I'm gonna give you a prime fucking example right now. As you all know, because you're clearly listening, I have a podcast. I talk wrestling. We have a variety show. We talk about other topics as well. I have people constantly ask me to appear on this show, especially in the early days of the Boochcast. I had people who would beg me to be on this show. Can I get on your podcast? I want to get on your podcast. I want to talk wrestling. I want to I want to be interviewed. I got some cool stuff. I'm funny. I got the blah, 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 whatever it is. Sometimes I would be like, shoe fly, don't bother me. Other times I would finally go, you know what? All right, come on the show, talk. And then I get certain guests that would drive me up the fucking wall because you begged to come on my show and A, you have nothing interesting to say. B, I ask you a question. I can't get a solid answer from you or you give me a one word answer or something like that, which I fucking hate as stated from the Instagram post I made going off on Zach that has uh, Felipe Esparza and my good friend Joel Byers who like me as a comedian and a podcaster and also like me is a great interviewer because he does his homework. By the way, shout out to my main man Joel Byers. I will at some point be taking his interview from the SoundCloud page and bringing it here for you guys to listen to. And I'm trying to get him on as a guest for the as one of my guests for the Dark Side of Comedy project that I plan on bringing to the Boochcast YouTube channel. I haven't spoken to him about it yet, but trust me, I want him to be one of the guests that comes on for that show. As I mentioned before, we're doing Dark Side of Comedy on here. So so it irritates me when I get a guest. And also when that guest comes on the show, and I'm, again, I'm not talking about Joel. I'm talking about the other guests that I've had that were a pain in the ass. They don't promote the show at all. I send them a link. I ask them to share it. They don't fucking share it. That irritates me. I took time out of my extremely busy schedule to bring someone on my show. Once I'm done editing and I post that episode and it's out there for the masses and I send you a link to share it, I better see it on your Facebook. I better see it on your Twitter. If you can put it on Instagram, I prefer that as well. Whatever forms of social media you got, TikTok, Snapchat, whatever the fuck. Because part of the reason I bring people on my show is not just to have good dialogue. It's also because I want to bring other people to the show. That's why I try to get people that also have a fan base already built in so that their fan base can come over here and some of them might stick around and go, I like the booch. I was around. Now, some people might listen to the episode and then just leave. And that's their right. But at least that episode will get a lot of hits. It's also why I'm on my co-host to share episodes so we could get people to listen. So if 
you're that nothing pisses off an interviewer more than a guest who wastes their time. If you need proof of that, go watch the interview with Ariel Hawani and Tony Khan. I guarantee you by the end of that, I don't care how much you love AEW, you're going to want to wring Tony Khan's neck when that fucking interview's over. And people still give Ariel shit for burying Tony Khan. He was a crap guest that brought nothing of interest to his show. And he was an AEW fan. So yeah, this Jamie Hayter interview, if you're going to promote something a week in advance, now it's one thing if you're just going to say at the top of the show, oh, we're going to have a guest with Jamie Hayter and it sucks. Okay, it sucked, I'll move on. But don't promote something and then under-deliver. That's what made me fucking mad. And it's Hikaru Shida and the bunny. First of all, I've seen Hikaru Shida with the title already. Been there, done that, smoked it, humped it, called it an Uber. Then you got the bunny. I love the bunny, but I, I don't think she's ready to be the world champion. Because they don't do anything with her. She's talented, but they do nothing with her. And on that note, because I know Gator wants to rip this apart, so I'm going to unleash the Gator on this next match of the evening. Six-woman tag. We got Jade Cargill and the baddies versus Sky Blue, Kiera Hogan, and Madison Rain. What the actual fuck was this? It was a six-woman tag. A six-woman tag or butt sex was a dildo made of spikes. It was a six-woman tag. I would remember if it was a dildo made with spikes going on. I'm just saying, this was, this was, this was a goddamn train wreck. There was no story. There was nothing in this. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing that frustrated me. Madison Rain is the best worker out of all these women in that ring. Yes, yes, yes she is. And she spent the least amount of time in that ring. And took the fucking pin. Why? Who thinks this is a smart idea? I saw more of Sky Blue and Layla Gray than anybody else in this match. At least Red Velvet can fucking work. We saw a little bit of Kiera Hogan and Jade Cargill, and I will say this. I know people like to shit on Jade, but I think we should give her credit here. She sold for Kiera and made her look good before she ultimately slammed her to the mat. But she fed Kiera a little bit. They let her get some good shots in. Because Jay could have easily just steamrolled over her. But she was willing to sell and make her look good and get some shots in and get the crowd going before ultimately cutting her off like a heel should. So I think we owe her that much. Exactly. But I'm sorry. This was not Sky Blue's fight. This wasn't Layla Gray's fight. I didn't need to see them fucking go. The whole and match. You could have you could have had one of the baddies work Kiara and done the same shit. Yes. Or have Madison Rain, who actually knows how to fucking wrestle and is actually has some star power and actually could actually could out wrestle half the women that you have in this company. Mm-hmm. But because she's not one of Kenny's geisha girls, she don't get a lot of ring time. Oh, the geisha girls. Anyway, we move on. Yes. We cut to the backstage area where Tony Schiavone has a real interview with Soraya until Britt Baker shows up basically said that you know Soraya was handed a big opportunity in her first match and that she's you know Soraya says Britt was given everything yet she was given everything in her first match yeah it's called being a fucking star you retarded bitch and then um it's it's called dumb luck yeah Britt Baker gives Soraya tickets to the January 11th show, challenges her a tag team match, and now she has to go find a partner. She jokingly tries to get Tony involved, but Tony walks away. So now Wrong Tony. Wrong Tony. That Tony does not have that ass. <laughs> and that's probably who she's going to get. I bet it's going to be Tony it Storm. It would be stupid if they didn't. Yeah, because everybody's acting like Soraya. Again, this is one of those things about, oh, good luck finding a partner. Um, It's either, it's either Tony Storm or Ruby Soho. That's the only two that makes sense yeah you know if she was if she was if she wasn't still on the injured list or she was on the verge of a comeback i'd say make it thunder rosa but that ain't gonna happen um well she's not coming back so you mean period or when she heals up dude they've already said her her contract is terminated oh 
Yeah, she's not coming back. All right, well, another another talent bites the dust. All right. Yes. But yeah, so this whole thing was goddamn ridiculous. And, you know, now we got to move on to the main event of the evening for the AEW World Tag Team titles. The Acclaimed with Billy Gunn defend the titles against FTR. I wanted to like this because it's FTR. But again, no tagging. This was not a traditional tag match. Like, I wanted to see this was that modern bullshit, okay? I wanted to be for this because it was FTR, but this was too much modern bullshit. FTR worked the Acclaim's match instead of the Acclaim working a true FTR-style old-school tag match. I mean, it felt that way in the beginning, though, that they were working the FTR. It just kind of it kind of de-evolved over time. It looked- yeah, but there was, there was no tagging towards the end. Towards the end, no. I mean, it was just like, well, fuck it. We're all in there. Yeah, everything was just kind of going all over the damn place. and Off the rails. Yeah, the, the match basically went off the rails, and in the end, the Acclaimed scored the pinfall. They ro- do like a counter, like a a roll-up style pin, and the Acclaim retains the tag belts, which I was enjoying the match up until that point. Yeah. I really and was. Then, and then they went over, and I I walked away, and then I heard the Ass Boys show up, and I was like, oh, yes. and then I heard the the what they said. Okay, so now, hold on, let me, and then, so basically the Ass Boys appear on the video screen, they deliver a message from, and they call them Dem Boys, which we're obviously referring to the Briscoes, and they basically said they're going to face F FTR again for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. But they also said that this time, and they pull out dog collars, and we find out it's going to be a double dog collar match for the World Tag Team titles. Oh, I'm excited. This should be good. This should be good. This The only thing that's going to fuck this up is if there's no blood. Well... It's a Ring of Honor pay-per-view, so there probably will be. I don't see a reason so. why there wouldn't be, but here's the thing. Gator is really excited for this match. I'm not, and I'm going to tell you why. Because as far as I'm concerned, these guys have already fought. The reason this match means nothing is for two reasons. The first reason is because Ring of Honor has no TV show, so there's nowhere to go after this. And second of all, them boys are not welcomed on AEW. Which is bullshit. That's because of the network. Because of some of some tweets that they put out a long time ago that they have apologized for because it was not done out of hatred. It was done out of pure ignorance and stupidity. But still, they're not welcome on AEW. So you can't... So even if the Briscoes won the titles... Let's say they win. What the fuck does it matter? And this is coming from a guy, keep in mind, I love the Briscoes. I am a fan. Don't think I'm not. I watched Ring of Honor for an entire year from 2014 to 2015. They were one of the few things I found interest in, in that company. Because everybody else was boring me to fucking death. But I love the Briscoes. But I got to be honest here. They can't bring shit to the table until Ring of Honor gets a valid television deal. And I mean a real deal, not like the shit they had with Sinclair where they were on at midnight on a channel that very few people fucking have. It's got to be a valid, like a TBS, a TNT, a USA, that kind of station, wherever they put it. Until you can get them on a solid TV show that will allow them to appear, the Briscoes don't bring value. They don't draw money. And it's not their fault, but they don't. This match means nothing. The only way this match would even work is if you want to take the Ring of Honor titles off of FTR. And if you're not going to give them the AEW tag belts, you might as well take the other belts off them too, because they're just sitting there. They're just fucking sitting there. 
those titles are meaningless. Because Ring of Honor has no TV deal. Japan is in Japan. And the triple... I'm still trying to figure out what the AAA belts are doing there. Nobody even fucking... Who watches AAA? Honestly. Seriously. Comment below on this podcast. Whether it's on social media or on Spotify or somewhere. Please logically explain to me if you actually watch AAA and know or care what the fuck happens there. If you're Hispanic, you don't count. Yeah, because you probably do. I'm talking about people who live in America that are watching AEW that you also watch AAA. Obviously, if you live in if Mexico you, and you you watch AAA, that's fine. I'm talking about AEW to, fans no, right wait now. A minute, wait a minute. We have to we have to completely say this. If you are of, of Hispanic descent, you don't count. In this particular questionnaire, yes. Yes, but, you don't count. If you are white, black, and or Asian, and you watch AAA, explain to us why. Yes, explain that to me. Because it makes no sense. Because here's the thing. Those three belts mean nothing. AAA is on local television in, in uh, Texas. Okay, it's on local TV in Texas. Cool. Uh, I don't live in Texas, so that don't fucking matter to me. My point is this. With they, it, it means nothing. They are, it's meaningless. The a, the whole purpose of them holding those three titles was to get the AEW tag team titles. They should have been the champions a long goddamn time ago, long before the acclaimed ever got over. And the thing, the thing is, is are they ever going to be the champions? Are is this going to lead to something else? What what is it going to lead to? Was this just set up just so you could say, oh, dim boys, dog collar match, yay? Like what? Where is this going? Yeah, you're again. You're catering to the marks that are gonna tune in to Ring of Honor Final Battles. I'll be straight up honest. I ain't watching the pay per view because I don't give a shit about Ring of Honor. I gave up on Ring of Honor a long time ago, and nothing has motivated me to give them another chance. And it's further proof of that is the fact that half the opponents that you have on here are people no one knows or gives a shit about. Literally, fucking no one. Here's some news. Formerly of Mustache Mountain, Trent Severn has stepped up and will face Orange Cassidy for the AEW All-Atlantic title on the upcoming Rampage. <laughs> okay, well, there we go. That That's going to suck. Oh, boy. Anyway, and this I like, I like Trent AEW Severin, but that ain't good. That, that, that ain't motivating me to watch. But I'm just this saying, is, it was. Yeah. that's the problem here. FTR is the best tag team in wrestling. And there's been nobody that has been able to take that spot from them. The only ones that even come close are the Usos. Agreed. Agreed. That's it. You have literally held down the best tag team, and they've been held down. They are clearly getting fucked, even though I hear people like Desmond saying, they're not getting fucked. Stevie Wonder can see these guys are getting fucked. Oh, my God. And it has been that way since they walked into the company. They're either doing six-mans or eight-mans or singles matches or whatever. And they're in this position because the Bucks are jealous. That's all it is. It is pure jealousy because the Bucks live under the delusion that they are the best tag team in the world. Which is stupid. And here's the truth. They're not in the conversation. In fact, they are so far out of the conversation that if someone tried to bring them into the conversation, you would be asked politely yet firmly to leave the conversation. You would be kicked the fuck out of the conversation. If someone came into my house and said the Bucks were the best tag team in the world, they would have to leave. I love the King of the Hill reference. I thank way. you. Get, I'd be. I would immediately say, "Get the fuck out of my house." I would have kicked you in your throat. That's how seriously I take this. I usually let people have an opinion. When it comes to the elite, I don't want to hear shit. 
Yeah, there is no opinion there. There is no opinion with these idiots. It's why I refuse to even talk about them. Exactly. But this is this is absolute bullshit that they did not walk out with the tag team titles. It's it's just it's just sad that some people don't see the magnitude of what they've done wrong. And I don't necessarily hate the acclaimed, but I know they're not better than FTR. This was not what it should have been. It was sad. Fucking sad. And I got nothing else left to say. Gator, you want to? You got anything to add? Or you want to just wrap this shit up? Well, I mean, what are you gonna do? Let this run to fucking revolution? Why? Why would you do that? There's no common sense to any of this, and there should be. Because now you didn't. You didn't even set them up for the Briscoes. The only thing that would have made them ready for the Briscoes is a win, right? Yeah. And here's another thing: if they had won the AEW belts, it would have created doubt. Like maybe they might. Maybe now they got the AEW belts. Maybe they'll drop the Ring of Honor belts. Yeah. Or they might win and keep all four. But like I said, yeah. if you're not going to put the tag belts on them, the AEW ones, you might as well let the Briscoes take the Ring of Honor belts because they're useless around FTR. Exactly. Okay. And that, ladies and gentlemen, will officially wrap up this episode of the Boochcast. Gator, thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us. And uh, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosting site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archives, shows to show, as well as great content. Make sure you check out the latest episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment that dropped where myself and the Wens recapped WWE Survivor Series. I also reveal why I canceled the watch party for that Saturday. Uh, I had a big, uh, had an unexpected phone call, took an unexpected trip to Winston-Salem. Find out more. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcasculates Tweets photos and videos visit our youtube channel check out all of our youtube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell be notified when future content will be posted make sure you check out episode one of Boochcast reviews dark side of the 90s um at the time you're listening to this it dropped yesterday it was a uh, trashy tv and deadly talk so if you haven't had a chance to check that out yet make sure you go to the youtube channel and check it out episode two coming soon also we have our you can follow us on twitch go to twitch.tv slash the Boochcast. that's where we do our live wrestling watch parties our next watch party will be Saturday, January the 28th for the WWE Royal Rumble. It's our first stop on the road to WrestleMania. We got the women's and men's Royal Rumbles taking place. So join us to find out who will be main eventing nights one and two of WrestleMania 39. Also, we have our live D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and a special project already in the works. Also, you can support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes we have three levels you can donate at pick the one that works the best within your budget we have our first level which is 99 cents one dollar per month our second level 4.99 five dollars per month the same amount of money you would pay for a peacock subscription i know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the peacock don't give them money give us money we got better content than peacock anyway and we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere 9.99 ten dollars per month the same amount of money you used to pay for a w network subscription here in the united states Ever since sold to the Peacock, you got to where to put that $9.99. So $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network. And unlike All Elite Wrestling, we actually care about our fans that are dedicated to giving the people what 
they want. You get the option of paying with a credit card. Except Southern Wrestling. Or, Don't ask for that shit. Or with GPay. And if you want Southern Wrestling, DM us and we'll and we'll deliver. Uh, also, um, as we mentioned before, all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host, Ambly's going to be paid for their hard work. Anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then, if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to give Zachariah Scott some ramen noodles and try to get him laid. And until next time, this is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, saying keep on living life and take care. This has been The Booch Cast. We'll talk to you guys next time. Until then, pizza, baby. Okay, I'm going to bed now, children. I'm the gator, and I'll see you later. Well, I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all. Goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye-bye. Keep warm. Relax. And eat. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.